welcome to the Garden Path Podcast, life lessons and conversations from the garden. Hi, I'm your host, Misty Little, and this is season three, episode 21. I can't believe I've done 21 episodes this season. I've definitely gone above and beyond what I planned to do <laughs> originally when I started this season out. And I, I originally planned to keep going with two episodes a month, and here I am doing on average, three episodes a month and occasion four. So I've had a lot of fun doing that this season, putting out more episodes and more content for you guys to listen to. Um, I don't know about y'all, but we're in full spring mode here. And I think I mentioned that last week with the monarchs coming by. Definitely the monarch migration from what I've seen with Journey North and the monarch um, listserv that... The main migration is well underway. They're reaching Oklahoma and Arkansas. They're heading for you guys in the Midwest and New England. They're coming. And I know a lot of the milkweed isn't quite up yet, so hopefully they're not too fast. (laughs) Don't want to be too speedy before the milkweed is up for them to lay their eggs and make all of those generations that will proliferate the species through the summer. But that said, I have been gardening, I've been weeding, doing some mulch, and planting some seeds, and I definitely feel the never-ending despair that I'm going to run out of time before the season turns into summer. (laughs) I'm not going to get such-and-such planted, or such-and-such isn't going to get trimmed before it needs to be, and trying to make peace with that. But we'll see. Okay, this episode, we are bringing the garden indoors. Now, I am not a humongous indoor gardening person. I've had indoor plants here and there through the years. I've had I have a hand-me-down pothos from my mom. I have um, some peace lilies that were at my grandmother's funeral that I brought home and repotted. And both of those plants are in my work office because that's where I have the space and the lighting. I don't really have a lot of good space for where my windows are at my house for houseplants. So we really don't keep that many houseplants. And because we are in a, you know, kind of warm and semi-tropical place, a lot of our, what would be considered a houseplant up up north, we let it stay outside for a good chunk of the year, bringing that stuff in when it's colder. So I I really don't do too many houseplants. But my friend Sarah who you're going to hear today's episode is a houseplant fanatic. And really, she's a Hoya fanatic. And if you're familiar with Hoyas, they are known as a wax plant. They have a waxy, thick, succulent-like leaf. And they they vine and they climb. And they're just a really cool tropical plant. And she describes all of this way more than I do. I had to do a little bit of research on exactly what Hoyas were um, when I first got started. Because, again, they're not my forte. But my friend Sarah, we actually go back through through back to high school. And um, I'd say we didn't quite hang out so much in high school, but we actually reconnected in MySpace back, oh, 12, 13 years ago when MySpace was all the rage and realized that we had a lot in common, not only art, but in nature and craft and just cool, eclectic, weird things that <laughs> that we both share and enjoy. And over the years, she has definitely become much more of a plant person. She has gardened outdoors as well, but her thing has has always been indoor plants, you know, succulents, but seems to be that Hoyas have really become her first love. So I invited her onto the podcast to share her information on Hoyas, why she loves them so much, and just kind of spread the love to diversify 
this podcast a little bit from some of the outdoor topics that I've that I've shared this whole season. Bring it back indoors because I know indoor gardening and indoor plants are are quite a big thing in this in this day and age. People being plant moms and plant dads. I don't know. I don't see the plant dad thing too much. And um, maybe let me know if you're a plant dad. <laughs> I definitely see the plant mom thing quite often. People love that term and showering with plants and all that interesting stuff. So that this episode is for you guys. Now, Sarah doesn't have a social media account that's public, but she does talk about her house or garden web account. And I'm going to link to that in the show notes. And she's graciously offered to send me a bunch of different photos of her plants in her house. And those will be on the show notes for the podcast page at thegardenpathpodcast.com. And as always, you can find me at the Garden Path Podcast on Instagram and drop me an email at thegardenpathpodcast at gmail.com. Now, there won't be an episode next week because of the timing of my last interview for this season. So we'll pick back up in April, the second week of April with a new episode. And then I will close out the season right after that. All right, you guys hope you enjoyed this episode. Okay, good. Well, cool. I'm glad uh, glad we're making this work because we've had all sorts of problems. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's it will be fun. <laughs> yes, I was actually thinking back to uh, well, how we reconnected like back in the MySpace days, like eons ago, <laughs> and uh, I was wondering. I don't even know. Like, I don't remember if you were pl- growing plants then or not, or. Um, I don't know. So you have to tell me when you started your plant journey. Okay. <laughs> um, that was probably right whenever I really got into house plants. And then it was probably a few years after that that I really started my perennial garden. So it was really kind of a random thing. I just saw this plant at a, a Walmart and I thought it would look really cool. It was a Hoya Carnosa mm-hmm. at, a, at the time. I just, you know, thought it looked like a really neat ivy. I had never seen an ivy that looked like that because in my right. mind, that's what I was comparing it to. So uh, when I brought it home, <laughs> it was probably maybe two years after that and it flowered and I was, I was kind of amazed. I didn't, I really still at that time probably thought it was an ivy. And so that was what started everything. Because <laughs> you're like, what's this weird flower? <laughs> yes. and it was it was amazing. It, it looked so waxy. And of course, you know, Hoya is known as a wax plant. And their leaves were so cool and succulent looking. So after that, I started Googling and I was, you know, doing some things on the computer more. So it was when I found out that there were all these other different varieties out there and I ordered a few more and then probably three plants turned into 60 yeah yeah so (laughs) became an obsession yeah so I didn't really know I don't know much about Hoyas or I mean they're just I think we had one when we were in Florida but I I don't even remember which kind it was and um, so I did some Googling because I was like, okay, what are Hoyas? What are they related to? And mostly because I was looking at the flowers and I was like, oh, man, these look like some milkweed flowers. And what do you know? 
they're actually yes. in the same, like they're related in the dogbane family. And I was like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed. And I learned that from someone on, I'm not sure if it was the Hoya forum or if it was on one of the Facebook Hoya groups that I follow, or maybe it was the plant identification group that I follow. And there was a picture of milkweed. And I was like, that looks so similar to a Hoya flower, mm-hmm. the way that they kind of have that, um, I guess the umbels are in that big ball shape and it just right. looks so similar. And then whenever someone said that, I was like, that is really cool. <laughs> yeah. I had the same kind of weird, like, Oh my gosh, plants are crazy. Cool. Realization when I was looking up, um, you know, the spring hyacinth bulbs that come out and I was just kind of looking up some information about them one day and I was like tracing back and they're, they're in the asparagus family. So they're related to, you know, asparagus and to agaves. And I was like, this is the weirdest thing. I, I would never have pictured them in that, <laughs> even related to each other. So plants are crazy. Yeah. Well, and two, um, I know that you, I have seen some of your photographs, like your time lapses of the orchids. And when I was first learning about Hoyas, um, I guess they're both epiphytes where they grow. Oh, mm-hmm. And so that to me was really cool. It's, it was just so weird because in my mind, in the beginning, when I didn't know much about them at all, like I said, I thought that they were an ivy. And then the more that I learned, it's, it's really neat to see how they are related to so many other things that I was interested in. I had always had um, aloes and jades, and that was kind of where I started. And then when I became obsessed with Hoyas, they kind of had that um, succulent quality to their leaves. And then when I found out that they are actually tropical plants that grow in the nooks of trees um, in tropical climates, that was another cool thing that just, uh, there's so many things that I love about Hoyas that <laughs> like I keep learning more and more. And then too, like I said, there's so many different varieties and they grow in so many different places, and they are kind of localized which specific ones grow in specific places, but you can grow all of these um, at home, and it's it's just one of the coolest things ever to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, well, I guess walk us through what plants you have, and I mean, any of the particular species that are your favorites, and... Um, I guess how they're growing, because you say they're epiphytes, but I mean, you're, you're growing them in pots probably. And do you train them up in any trellises or hanging baskets? How do, how do you grow them? Because I don't yeah. think. <laughs> so they are epiphytes, which in their natural environment, they would be growing in the crooks of trees and using uh, sort of leaf debris and uh, attaching themselves to a tree with their roots. So they don't like to be saturated. So any regular potting soil um, would, would make their roots too soggy and they would, would probably um, fail. Yeah. <laughs> or not have a whole lot of vigor and eventually die. Yeah. Um, so I kind of learned this. My, my first carnosa, I actually still have that plant living there were parts of it that died back because I did have it growing in regular uh potting soil that you can get it in big box store mm-hmm. um and so over the years once I started researching um I had read about 
making your own succulent soil. And on a lot of the forums, they call it um, the gritty mix. Uh, there's, um, you can Google Al's gritty mix and there's a lot of uh, resources out there and people who make their own uh, soilless potting medium. Hmm. So, so basically what it does is you, you sift your different mediums that you're going to make your soil from into equal particle sizes so the the soil doesn't over time and over watering in your in your pots that you have for your house mm-hmm. it doesn't get tamped down and it doesn't choke out the roots so you have this really airy um really light mix that these tender roots or these larger roots, uh, sort of, they're not as large as orchid roots, and they're not aerial. So they do still, um, you plant all of them in your mix, and it's basically the more airy your mix is, uh, the better your Hoya roots will grow. And the, the drier that it will keep them, so you can water them more without their roots getting soggy and saturated. Because okay. it, it dries out rapidly basically right so so what's in the mix um what kind of components when i when i started um i don't think i ever put any of my hoyas in the succulent mix that i made which is probably good because <laughs> i think i had done something really silly like i had uh, found some uh aquatic uh fish fish pebbles yeah yeah <laughs> that's what I made my first succulent mix with so that probably I don't know I may have used some of that but then um I started I found uh some orchid bark I used fine orchid bark and then I use um pumice and then you can use uh you can basically sort of blend your own mix to what you're going to be growing in uh growing with Mm-hmm. So let's see what else do I use. I've I've sort of moved to uh, coconut core. Mm-hmm. You can get it in blocks, and so it goes farther. the The main thing is just sifting all of your medium down to the same particle size. So I actually ordered these uh, sifting trays online, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I have three different sizes. So I go through this whole process when I'm making my soil where I sift down to equal particle sizes of the orchid bark. And then uh, I have started using lava, um, which mm. you can buy. Uh, a lot of bonsai growers use it. Um, so I use uh, black lava, pumice, uh, um, and then also uh, this was one that I did use from the, um, the Owl's Chunky Mix he everybody always online you'll see the term turfus used and turfus you can buy at irrigation stores in bulk for very cheap and basically what it does people use it to kind of if you have a soggy area or even if you have um say turf like a baseball field they'll Uh they'll put the turfus down and you can buy it in in bulk. And so I guess that's why a lot of these growers it's readily available and it's cheaper. So they would put that into their mix and it's basically calcined clay, which has been, um, I guess made with high pressure. Okay. So it, 
basically it absorbs the liquid, but it doesn't uh, break down. So it's okay. really, it's a really good component to put into your mix, and it's really cheap. So I use Purpose um, and a small amount as well. I, I probably use one part of each um, of those, <laughs> and then this- I. So that turfist, does it, it holds the moisture and does it release the moisture slowly later or is it just always sucking in the moisture? Yes. It's almost like just, uh, it's almost like cat litter. Oh, okay. Okay. So, or like an oil dry. I know that too. Um, you'll see that some people have used that, but, um, that's just what I was able to find. And some people even use like chicken grit that Hmm. has same kind of quality it's it's really what you can find that's in your area that um you can break down and have that same particle size that keeps mm. it light and airy um i also in texas you can get crushed granite pretty easily yeah you, you can get it at um home depot or uh lowe's and that sifts down. It's it's a lot heavier, but it works really well, and it has good mineral qualities. So I've used that also. And I just sift everything down, and I have big five gallon buckets that I <laughs> <laughs> sitting in my garage. <laughs> so do you have to like repot them every now and then, or how do you go about that? Um, that's another really cool thing about hoyas. They're also a lot like orchids, where they do like to be very root bound. Um, okay. To flower, I guess it's it's almost like you're putting them in stress. But when you have uh, their roots and they've been growing in this airy medium, mm-hmm. they they're really well established. And the more root bound your hoya is, the more that it will flower. Okay. So what you'll see is you'll see that growers use these really tiny, tiny uh, pots or planters, and you have this really tall, established plant. That has been growing for seven years, 10 years. I have most of my plants that are uh, really established. I have some seven-year-old Hoyas and some 10-year-old Hoyas that are in probably uh, four-inch to six-inch planters. Hmm. And they're completely fine. <laughs> wow. And it's it's really cool the way that um, I, they just constantly amaze me that they can thrive <laughs> <laughs> in such a way but it's that that's just how they are right um, but, so they do you do have to trellis your hoyas or a hanging basket is always an option there are hoyas that like to hang and then there are hoyas that would prefer to climb or there are hoyas that do fine with either way right um i have i have attempted to make my own trellises but they don't <laughs> look <laughs> <laughs> look that cute so most most of the time what I use is the um the bamboo orchid stakes or I like yeah the, I like the bamboo hoops I've actually started buying three foot or four foot tall bamboo hoops that are probably more for suited for an outdoor garden and then I'll just clip off the bottom six to twelve inches of it with some um <clears throat> garden shears <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then that's what I use because they have a, they're a lot wider. And so as your plant gets older and more established and heavy, it's a lot easier to hold up the weight of the actual plant. Right. So I have an Australis that's probably, oh my gosh, it itself is probably four feet 
high. And oh my goodness. Yes. And it's growing, I think, in a it an eight inch pot maybe. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so these pots are are they clay pots or you can use kind of any any kind of pot but it has to have drainage. Yes. Anything that has drainage. Um I I used to I had read that clay pots were good, um, but for me, in my environment that I have, since I am growing all of my Hoyas indoors, if you live in a tropical climate, um, then you can try and grow them outdoors. That would be amazing. I would absolutely (laughs) love that. But (laughs) for me, whenever I was using the clay pots, um, my soil just wouldn't the process of it going drying out over the course of a week, it it wasn't working well for me. So I started using plastic pots and then I would just get my decorative clay pots. um, Okay. Set it inside. Right. And just set it inside. And that too worked well because it does, you know, you can use smaller pots and have like a bigger planter that you put them in. Right. So, um, and then two, I've, I've purchased um, some pots that are made in Thailand, and they're they're the weirdest, most perfect size. They're very small and skinny at the bottom, and then they get wider, and they're five-inch pots. So I have some of my hoas in those. And then I have um, hanging planters as well. I have them pretty much everywhere. They're overrunning my house. <laughs> <laughs> you said you have 60 plants, or do you have more than that now? Um, I probably have more than that, and I just placed another order, so I, I <laughs> Four more coming to me. Um, so, have, like, how many species, I guess? Um, I have some that are in the same. Uh, it's basically different varieties of the same species. And then okay. I, have, um, I, I have quite a few. Some of, just going through some of the ones that I love, I can tell you a little bit about each one. Yeah. Um. I have the Australis, which I already mentioned. It's there's there's several different uh, varieties of Australis that grow in Australia. Yeah, <laughs> um, and each one is in their own uh, different uh, region. Um, but the one that I have, it's uh, it's mostly in northern Queensland, and it grows on rocks, and it's really it's sort of at the it grows at the edge of a of a forest basically so okay you're starting to get uh, more light and you have a lot more air circulation and wind and it's I guess the reason that it has grown so tall it just grows it grows so well for me inside and I don't know if it's because it's sort of uh, like in its area. If it were to, to try and stretch and ramble over rocks, I imagine. Maybe that's right. why it grows so tall. Um, and then I have Hoya Cinnamami Folia. That was the one uh, I just was able to do a time lapse of its bloom. which yeah, That was cool. Me. I couldn't believe that I caught it at the exact moment that it started opening. Uh, that is probably my most prized Hoya, just because um, it's it's a collector's Hoya. It has beautiful colors, the neon green, and then the uh, bright burgundy center of the flowers. Um, it's it's pretty hard to find. So when I was able to find a clone, I was so excited, and it was probably <laughs> it was a little more than I wanted to pay for it, but I was able to get it to flower. In 
uh, a little less than a year, which is which is pretty crazy for Hoya. Um, it usually takes them for your to be able to flower. The plant needs to be mature. So I've had I've had different Hoyas that would take two years, three years, or some that haven't even flowered. So that was pretty. I felt pretty lucky that I was able to witness that. So beautiful. Um, and then let's see. I have um, I have a Hoya lacanosa. I found that at a at a big box store. Which, um, if you look at Walmart or if you look at uh, Home Depot or Lowe's, you can see there's the Exotic Angels brand. Sometimes yeah. you might be able to find a Hoya here or there, but they're not readily available out there. And even in garden centers, unless you live um, in Texas anyway, I'm sure in Florida and uh, more tropical places that would be very different. But uh, where I am in North Texas, it's it's pretty hard to find a Hoya uh, without seeking it out online. Okay. Um, but my Lacnosa, it's 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 a mini Hoya, so its leaves are probably uh, one inch long and the flowers whenever it flowers uh they smell just like cinnamon it's the most amazing scent ever (laughs) so how long do the flowers last do you get to enjoy them for a week or two or are they pretty short-lived it depends on um the actual variety uh some of them last about a week some of them a little bit longer uh, my cinnamomifolia, it only lasted maybe three to four days. So some of them are pretty short-lived. Uh, my Blasher Nazi, it's, it's one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> those, those blooms probably last uh, a little bit longer than most. At least mine do. Yeah. And it flowers regularly for me. So there's a few that... Uh, just through personal experience, I would say are more vigorous than others. Um, there, there are some that are kind of temperamental. Um, maybe some of the Finlay Zoni, I, and then uh, some of the the larger leaf varieties growing indoors is is kind of a challenge. So you just have to see what works with each plant and kind of try new things. Um, but Hoyas are forgiving. They're pretty tenacious. Um, so when you first, when you first started growing them, how many plants did you lose? I did, I mean, or did you lose any and just try to re reconfigure like what their needs were? Yes. Uh, um, I didn't really have any in the beginning. I think that maybe I lost one plant and that was due to sheer neglect (laughs) (laughs) things go on and uh, I just wasn't being a good plant mommy (laughs) (laughs) but uh, (laughs) those first three that I purchased I still have and they are they're so big I don't even know what to do with them so now I take cuttings and clone them for other people and um after that there were a few I started actually purchasing cuttings which can be pretty intimidating if you haven't ever rooted anything yourself before Mm -hmm. Um, but the really the really nice and interesting varieties of Hoyas that you find you find them online as cuttings so that's kind of how I jumped into that whole um, area because I wanted to get these different cultivars but 
you could only find them available as cuttings. So I lost a few trying to get the hang of doing that. Um, But after getting on the uh, forums, the Hoya forums, um, and trying different things in that area, uh, I really got the knack for rooting cuttings. And a lot of people, um, you can root them either in water, like an ivy, or you can root them in soil. But I have read that um, they grow two different kinds of roots. So I stopped trying to root any in water. Um, I think that helped a lot, actually. Okay. So they just rotted more once you rooted them in water? or Well, what I heard was that when they grow these roots in water, then you eventually want to replant them because you can't uh, consistently keep them vigorous if you leave them um, growing in the water. So when you uh, when you actually transfer them to the soil, they have to grow a new type of root to actually okay. thrive. So it's kind of like you're doing the rooting process twice. Right. So that's I, I just sort of and that was another thing, too, that kind of led to me making my own soil, because when you make the soil as potting medium, there's um, a lot, a lot less that can go wrong. Um Whereas when you're using uh, a regular soil, uh, like a regular potting soil, there's a lot of pathogens. It's going to stay a lot. uh, It's just going to stay a lot more saturated. So the likelihood of your uh, roots rotting is much higher. So Hmm. that was another reason that I started kind of trying to make my own soils, uh, soilless potting medium. It is a little bit more expensive, but it re- it has worked really well for me, especially having indoor plants. I think right. that's the main thing that sent me down that path. <laughs> <laughs> so if I so if I bought a cutting, and I mean from you or from anybody, um, how how would I root that? Would I just stick it in the soilless medium and keep it watered, or do you use root hormone and about how long does it take for that to, to take and the roots to start forming? You can use a root hormone. Um, I haven't, I basically just go for it. I use my soilless medium. Um, and I have, I have smaller, I have uh, three inch and four inch plastic um, pots that I use. And basically I will fill them with the sterilized soil that I make. And then after, if you take a cutting from your own plants, of course, you'd want to let the end dry and kind of callous before you stuck it into, okay. your, into your medium. Uh, but when you order online, um, most of the time, if they, if they look really good whenever you receive your cutting and they don't look like they've dried at all, then you can just stick them right into that medium and then water them. And then you don't want to put them in too bright of an area, but you do want to keep them somewhere where they do get light and it is warm. Um, just not you know right up against the window or outside. Yeah. Um, if they do look a little dry whenever you receive the cuttings out of the box, you can put them in a bowl with water and kind of saturate them before you put them into your soilless medium. And then after that, I probably, I probably water maybe once a week. Um, Hoyas, they don't require a lot of water and they don't like their roots to be wet. And with a new cutting, especially, you don't want to have 
um, that end completely saturated. Uh, it's, it's it reminds me a lot of rooting plumeria. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know if you've ever done that before, but it's it's just <laughs> sounding familiar. <laughs> I have not, but at first, um, at first I thought it was going to be really hard, and then it just it just seems like hoyas are just the easiest going plant to me. Um, it's it's really cool when you see. I've had some cuttings where you kind of feel like you're at that that point where they could live or die and you're just really, really sad, but really, really hopeful at the same time. Your leaves are starting to droop and you're like, oh my gosh, it's going to die. And then the next day you'll see that like the top leaves have just completely revived themselves and are starting to change and move. And without even looking at the roots, like that's the moment that you know that okay, there's roots there. It's 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 maybe gonna make it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, I know that feeling. <laughs> with Hoyas, um, some of go ahead. Grow, with Hoyas, some of them grow pretty slow, so it is kind of like uh, you know the the pot of water that never the watched pot that never boils. <laughs> You feel like like you're just, sometimes your cuttings can sit there and not do anything for a year. And then immediately after that, it's crazy growth in spring, even indoors. It's just so crazy to see how, how they react different as soon as the light changes and you can just see them wake up after, you know, a year of just sitting there doing nothing. (laughs) So basically you need to be very patient. (laughs) Yes, I would say you have to be very patient. But then after the two or three year mark, if you've uh, if you've seen it through, <laughs> then you will it'll it they will just amaze you. They will start growing like crazy. You'll have vines everywhere. Hopefully, you know you'll have a peduncle when you when you get your first peduncle, which is what your blue yeah. comes of. Then uh, that's a really magical feeling. <laughs> Um, that's one thing too, whenever I give cuttings away, I remind people that, you know, when you do get your peduncle, don't, uh, trim back your plant. Cause that's when your, your mature plant is going to start growing everywhere. So a lot of people will start trimming off the, the vines that are going crazy, Oh, uh, but they bloom off of old growth. So you want to leave any peduncle that you find on there. Oh, okay. Okay. Now what about fertilizer? Do you do anything with that? And if you do, like, what kind of, like, time frame uh, would you fertilize? Um, I do. Um, everything that I've read recommends with Hoyas that you uh, use a mild fertilizer. Um, to me, in the beginning, I I picked up something, I don't even, maybe like miracle Grow, And I could immediately see that that was not working for me. <laughs> and I right. As the fertilizer was so strong. Um, but after I read a little bit more, it's because you should really use a mild fertilizer. And I probably fertilize every other watering, but only in the spring and summer. During the winter, I don't yeah. use fertilizer at all. Um, and, I, and I actually scale back my watering schedule a lot as well. Um, but I, I like to use Howard Garrett. This is actually going to sound really weird, but I love his, um, oh, what's it called? The Garrett Juice? Yes, it's the, it's the Garrett Juice Plus, but okay. I, 
I basically uh, dilute it a little bit and, and it's really smelly. So <laughs> if you do that in your home, you can use, um, a lot of people use tomato fertilizer, which okay. I haven't tried, but um, a lot of people rave about doing that and just doing a very diluted uh, amount. Um, but the Garrett juice to me, it, I really, I really admire him and, uh, I really like his books and, um, just the way that he writes is really cool. And so I picked up some of the Garrett juice to use in my outdoor garden. And I thought, well, if I'm going to be diluting it anyways, <laughs> yeah, right. Might as well try. Yeah. And, and if it's, you know, every other week, like, and if I keep it in a contained area, then maybe it won't be so bad. And it's been really amazing. I think that the Hoyas love it. I don't know, um, you know, if anybody else has tried it, but for my Hoyas, they absolutely love it. Okay. Um, you also mentioned light requirements, like you need, they need light, but not, you know, strong light. So you said you keep yours on like the west side and south side or east side and south side. I can't remember. Um, east side and south side <laughs> have always worked best for me. Um, the south window, south windows have continuous bright light. So if you do, I think really it's just about um, watching your plant. Yeah. <laughs> if you see that they're not doing well in an area or if it looks like they're not thriving, you can kind of move them around and try. But Hoyas in general, they don't need, uh, they like filtered light. And I, I kind of like to imagine them growing, you know, in the bottom of a rainforest somewhere, like, yeah. tree, like trying to climb up and find the, the better light. Um, so the best window that I've ever had for my Hoyas was a south window. And um, they didn't, I didn't have a lot of shade. So they really did have really bright light. And my Hoyas in that window really took off. Um, and then every Hoya that I've had in East window always did really well. Um, I just moved into a new house and I was really worried because I only have two windows where I can actually put my plants directly in the windowsill area. Uh -huh. And I have some other plant stands and things like that. So they can be within three feet of the window. Okay. Uh, but anything farther than that. I've always read, you know, when you're trying to do indoor plants, that's going to be tough and you're going to have to really choose your plants wisely. You need to choose a lower light plant if you're going to have it any farther than three to five feet away from a window. Right. Um, but with Hoyas, Hoyas are really amazing. So <laughs> <laughs> you can grow your Hoya plants like right next to the window or you can grow them five feet away from the window. And the only thing that will change if you have your Hoya that far away um, the leaves will start to darken. You won't really uh, see as much growth and you probably won't get your Hoya to flower if it's that okay. far away from the window or, or has lower light in your house, but it'll still thrive. I have um, probably, I have maybe five to 10 in an area where I know that they will never in all likelihood flower. But okay. they are still thriving and maybe three, I have one that's three feet tall, <laughs> but wow. I've had it for seven years, so it's doing fine. Um, and that just goes back to, I think that they're just a really forgiving <laughs> and tenacious <laughs> plant. Yeah. Another reason I love them so much. 
<laughs> now, do you have any other house plants, or is that you're just hoyish crazy? <laughs> I, I'm crazy for sure. Um, I love jades. Also, I've I've always had jades, so I have lots of golem jade and hobbit jade, and uh, lots of different varieties there. Um, I also have Haworthia. Um, right now I don't have much, uh, just because in the move, I kind of thinned some plants out and tried some stuff outdoors. Yeah. And so a lot of the plants that I have in my South window, I just went ahead and moved outside. Um, but I've always been really interested in succulents. Of course, people always ask me, you know, what, what succulents can I grow inside? Can I, (laughs) and I'm like, don't do it. Yeah. (laughs) There's not uh, enough light, but no, <laughs> but yeah, I, tr- I tried some succulents in my window at work. I was just thinking, okay, well, it's, it's got West sun. It should be a lot of good stuff for the afternoon, but no, they still die. Right. <laughs> or they get super leggy and they just don't look happy. <laughs> yeah. I think that's another thing that actually like fed my Hoya obsession was, you know, I have these guys that I'm trying these succulents and they're like, put me outside. I hate this. (laughs) And then my Hoyas are all happy and growing and flowering. And so, you know, I just started getting more and more. And then I would bring home, you know, a different variety of houseplant. And then if it wasn't a Hoya, I really just, I don't know why I would neglect it. (laughs) Give it away to someone. So. It didn't, it didn't give you the benefits of all the Hoyas. It didn't, it didn't have all those qualities that I love. So I feel really (laughs) mean, but (laughs) at least I gave them away. I didn't, you know. Right. Dump them in the trash. (laughs) On the side. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think you've definitely convinced me because I keep trying these grocery store orchids that are, you know you know, clearance after Easter or Mother's Day yeah. or whatever. And I get them going for a while. They do really good. And then they just like die. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And then, you know, we had, you know, in Florida, it was different, you know, put them out on the porch. You got that. Yes. That is completely different climate. <laughs> so we, but doing them indoors is, is very difficult. And, but I would like to have something that can thrive. And I think, I think you sold me. <laughs> so <laughs> I have a few few orchids that I haven't haven't given away that are still inside that are doing okay um but orchids are orchids are a mystery to me I have uh I have maybe four of them I've I bought them last year same thing on clearance because you see yeah (laughs) and you know they're gonna go in the trash you're like well you're gonna come home with me yeah, you're only, you're only a dollar, and I can see that one faded fuchsia bloom. You're going to be amazing. <laughs> so I I don't know if any of them will actually flower again, but as of right now, their leaves are all still doing good, and their roots look pretty healthy. So we'll see how those guys do. <laughs> well, that's good. I hope you uh, I hope you have success. <laughs> um, I want to go back to back to Hoyas again. Um, so you mentioned, you know, taking cuttings, they get selling them or giving them to people. I guess, do you have any resources for people or people you think you should, would recommend people to go buy from or, and if they want to read more about Hoyas, any kind of thing, resources for people to do? Um, Garden Web was where I had originally started. That was my Hoya forum. Um, and 
the company House, it's H-O-U-Z-Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, they bought them out, but they still have the uh, Garden Web Forum through through their new website. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot of the old uh, Hoya enthusiasts that are still on there that will give um, information, uh, pointers, if you have questions, if you want to, if you come upon a Hoya that you purchase or, or that you um, acquire and you don't know what it is, you can go on the forum. And there's so many uh, people that are enthusiasts that have so much knowledge. And uh, that's where I probably learned the most. Um, as far as acquiring the different cuttings, um, there's a lot of sellers on eBay. Uh, there's probably four that I really recommend. Um, Rick and Florida is one. Um, trying to think who else. Um, beastly flower that she, Susan is amazing. She has an amazing, uh, uh, just amazing variety of Hoyas and every plant that I've ever received from her is, was more than expected. Just beautiful, beautiful plants. Um, there's also Gardino's nursery in Florida. Uh, there's a lot of people in the more tropical climates that have these Hoyas available that you can purchase online. So that's, um, another really good resource. They just, they got hit pretty hard by the hurricane. So I know uh, she lost a lot of her plants, but they're, they're coming back and she's starting to get, um, new Hoyas that are available and all of her plants are always amazing as well. So, uh, Gardino's, that's a very a good place, a good resource. Um, I haven't actually jumped into selling my cuttings yet on eBay. I've just um, sort of <laughs> been hawking them to friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll give them away as gifts and things like that. Most of the time, it's only my really established plants that I'll take cuttings from. So all of uh, the newer guys or my Hoyas that are under two years I don't generally take any cuttings from them okay Uh, but yeah I'd say eBay is the best resource there's really there's not too many people that sell um in their online nurseries the Hoyas uh but like I said if you are lucky enough to be in one of the tropical climates or you know coastal areas you can probably find them yeah garden centers uh so, I mean, they're out there. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, Chris goes to Lowe's all the time, but I don't, I stopped going. Well, ever since I had forests, I don't go anywhere anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> when he was a baby, it was like, you know, stay at home all the time. Um, so I haven't gone to Lowe's a lot lately. And, and I also had not really shopped a lot in their, in their garden center, um, mostly because, well, I, I garden outside. <laughs> so and right. <laughs> anyway, so it's like, I don't really go there. I go to other places that have more of the plants that I want, but you are right about the um, indoor plants. I should go and check their selection because I know in Florida, they, there was always a really good selection of tropical plants that I, that you could find. You're like, wow, I can't believe they have that at Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When so I, sh- I should go back and see what they got here at least. When I find a Hoya at Lowe's or Home Depot, you know, when I'm going through and for whatever, I always have to stop and and check the indoor section just to see, like, if there's going to be that little <laughs> Hoya 
And it always amazes me when I find like one Hoya out of the whole pack. And like I said, it's usually the um, exotic angel brand. Mm -hmm. Sometimes she'll find them, but it's super rare. And it's funny, the varieties that you find, I know that they like mass produce at certain times of the year, but it's really crazy how once you see one, you'll see it, you know, for weeks and then you won't see another Hoya again for two years. Right. (laughs) So it's always funny to me when I see a Hoya at Home Depot or Lowe's (laughs) and I probably buy them when I do see them even if I've already got them (laughs) right do you think you'll ever like get a greenhouse so you can expand uh maybe have more room outside oh my gosh I would love that um we we've thought about it but it's not something that's probably realistic for us right now yeah Uh, but if I did have a greenhouse, oh my gosh, that would be amazing. I would love to be able to grow my Hoyas outside, like you said, about Florida. And um, I have some of my Hoya Forum friends that are uh, down um, in South Texas that actually mm-hmm. can grow their Hoyas outside with our winter. Uh, my friend, she lost some of her plants this year, but most of her Hoyas, uh, she just keeps outside and lets them grow. Hmm crazy in the wild and yeah I that would just be so amazing to me it's I I can't even imagine it (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah I like a greenhouse too but I think it would more be like a shade house because all of we have a lot of shade and so the only spot would be that would be feasible it's just a lot of shade over there so it'd be protection for winter kind of thing but not necessarily would they be thriving um, with a lot of sun. So I don't know, maybe someday, <laughs> just like you. So <laughs> someday. That's another, well, that's another thing too. I really haven't gotten my outside garden going and that's something that I've always admired about you and your different, um, things that we've communicated on in the past, your garden and your blog and <laughs> all yeah. of your photos are so amazing. Oh, <laughs> I need to work more on on that aspect since I do have a yard now that I can I have I have a little bucket of herbs but I I plan to make uh, it would be really nice to set up a vegetable garden just you know a modest one in my backyard Um, yeah yeah but it's a lot it's it's easier than and then people think and you don't have to grow everything just grow your favorites you know grow the tomatoes or whatever you want to grow so right and that's probably what I would start with I've tried um squash in the past and uh different and I've had tomatoes in the past so I'll definitely start there I think maybe do some okra (laughs) oh yeah yeah well that's the one thing you don't have any major problems you get aphids sometimes but good lord it's good for summer here so Uh (laughs) (laughs) yes because most Anytime that I've tried um, a vegetable garden in the past, it just seems like everything gets so scorched so early. Yeah. Um, But so, I don't know. I'll probably start trying some different things there. But you've been an inspiration to me in that area, even though I haven't really gotten started. (laughs) (laughs) No, I remember you used to grow grow some salvias, like, I mean, the hot lips and a few other types, too. I still have all of those. (laughs) (laughs) I love them. I adore salvia. Yep, I am a Selvia fan too. So actually, I've actually had to rebuy my hot lips a couple times because um, 
it, our, our garden gets a little too wet for it after a while and it just kind of fades out. So really, yeah, it likes, I think it likes a little bit drier conditions than Houston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's why I grow it because my, Oh, I just always have, I just end up with a West facing garden where everything right. is just in blistering heat all afternoon long. Um, yeah. So yeah, my salvias, they, they love it. I have to get really tough. <laughs> tough plants. Yes. <laughs> well, um, I guess we can wrap up. If you want to have any last minute Hoya tips or inspiration um, books. I, I think that Hoyas are amazing. There's, there's a few books out there. Um, but really, just if you if you start Googling, if you Google different types of Hoya plants and you just see how different each one is um, from the next and just the variety of flowers and colors, they, they're all so different from each other. And there are so many different varieties. There's uh, just endless possibilities for a Hoya obsession collection to grow. <laughs> so, so check out uh, search them out and and they they probably won't disappoint you if you do bring them home and then there's there's lots of information that's been building out there that you can find if you need help growing and um you know i'm always on the forum as well so uh whatever tips i can offer yeah (laughs) boys are really amazing you should try them now, I don't know if your social media is uh, public or not, but if, if it is, is there any way they could, people could follow and see your Hoyas? Um, if you go on house, um, my my login is postpunkgirl. Okay. Uh, that's just basically for the forum. I have a few pictures um, on there. I don't really have a blog going with photographs, but, um, and I don't, my Facebook isn't public, but. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe I'll get that started in sometime in the future, but I'm not too sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll send everybody to uh, House because you know that sounds like. And actually, when I when you told me about that, I was actually surprised how busy that forum was compared to some of the other uh, garden web forums. Well, so, a lot. It used to be a lot busier. A lot of people now. Uh, there's also a Facebook page, um, which I actually do post public photos of my Hoyas whenever they bloom. Um, it's called Hoya Lovers on Facebook. So if you find them, that's a big group of Hoya enthusiasts. And uh, you can see lots of different pictures and varieties um, on Facebook if you want to follow them. Uh, so that's a good resource. Okay. Well, cool. Thanks for, see, you had tons <laughs> of things to say. <laughs> I was just like inspired and interested the whole time. And I was like, Wow, this is a lot of a lot of knowledge coming <laughs> oh. from you. <laughs> so, rambling. <laughs> no, no. Well, thanks, thanks for coming on. I'm glad we were able to, you know, get this gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for inviting me to do it. It was fun. <laughs>